episode 331 of This Is Whole Life. And this week, as some of you may have heard, unless you were under a rock and maybe on the other side of the world, and even then I'm pretty sure you would have heard of Hurricane Ian. Changed everybody's plans. It changed my flight plans. It changed locations uh, seemingly by every... I don't know how often Noah updates every three or four hours, but every time it was another update, it kept moving, moving and moving. And so completely unexpected in the realm of where it landed versus where it was uh, originally supposed to be. And Ken, of course, parlayed that into a message of, well, guess what? Everything happens. Lots of things happened in life that are storms that you may not see, may not completely understand or make sense of at the time. And what a timely message for people that, I mean, we're all going through some kind of storm, whether it be the actual hurricane or whether it be sitting next to your aunt as she slowly passes away in front of your eyes. And it was a, it was a really, really good message that I don't think it was groundbreaking, but it was, it was done in a way that you don't often see those stories relayed in the form of a storm. It's usually a a little life lesson here that goes with something else. And you really packed four of those into this week's message, all from all from Mark, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark chapter four and five. And the thing that I, I liked that you said that I didn't I didn't write it down. I just I just remember after watching the the message about how the different um, the different gospel writers sometimes put things in different order or they might get the the things a little different. And I never thought about it in that context. I think you said, what was the analogy that you used? It was, it, oh, it was uh, reporting yeah. a news story and your competition might get the, be at the same place and have different numbers or yeah. take a totally different look at that. And it made me stop to think about how do we look at some of these storms that we're talking about? And you might look at someone else and, you know, you said uh, someone's fixing their storm. How can, you know, how come Jesus isn't fixing my storm? Or maybe we don't even realize someone's in a storm because we just don't, we don't see things the same way. And I thought that was really interesting and maybe a little bit of a warning about how we should be, I don't know, maybe more in tune, maybe another reason for people to come to church and be a part of a community. So you're a little more in tune with what each other is going through. Fair? Yeah, (laughs) I think you you can always make, you know, you bring up the storm, and by the yeah. way, you can tell a whole bunch of different stories from a storm. Well, that's and, true. And from depending <laughs> on where you're sitting in the storm, right? <laughs> I mean, some people get literally right down on the docks, literally, and get blown through, and that storm looks really different than somebody who was sitting at, you know, up in Mount Dora, sure, and talking about the storm because the storm means something differently to you. And I think this is the part that I really appreciate about Ken is he kind of helped us all realize is that even these gospel writers had an intent for what they wanted the narrative they wanted that. to be. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just it was kind of a side, almost a sidebar the way you presented it, even though you were wanted to make sure that was clear. But I totally had never looked at it, and it made me look at the rest of the stories that you shared. And there were four stories, storm on a lake, storm in a man, storm in a woman, and storm in a community. And when you're you're talking about dealing with the after, and, you know, I think that when, you know, Jesus was asleep in the boat and, you know, our lives seem like 
we don't have that kind of danger. I mean, yeah, Hurricane Ian was that kind of danger, maybe for some people, like you mentioned, Jeff, who maybe weren't in, you know, were in the middle of that, yeah. of the eye and in the path. That, that that makes sense. And I heard someone from the message online in house asked to say, like, well, I, I'm I'm from Colorado. This was my <laughs> first hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was scared because I didn't know what to expect. But so often we look at these storms or we look at these, even though all of these were pretty big events, the ones that were mentioned in the message, I don't think we look at a lot of the things that we go through as a storm instead of just like, well, you know, I don't see, I, I prayed about this and I really haven't heard anything. And, you know, they were in the boat thinking we're going <laughs> to, we're going to drown. There wasn't, there was an immediacy there. And so many of our storms don't have that same immediacy. So how do you keep the faith during that longer period than when Jesus is sitting in the boat next to you and you're like, yeah, we're taking on water. Should we hang out and see what happens or should we wake him up? Or so you mean like kind of when you have like a bleeding condition for 12 years? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, like that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I wrote down as you as you said it was, what does that kind of faith look like today? Because I think that's part of the question is to be that long in the struggle and to still in for Jesus. I mean, I think that's pretty cool if Jesus is like, Wow, you got some faith there, girl. You know, <laughs> after twelve years to think that you can touch my clothes and somehow gonna be healed. And I think that out of all the stories that you shared, that was the one that made me think about it's easy when your relationship is good or maybe Jesus is, you feel like he's right beside you. But what about those times when you don't feel quite so much, even though you don't feel like you've changed your, you know, your prayer life or your, your worship or whatever. And it's like, man, 12 years is a long time to wait. And I, that's a, what, what does that faith today look like when we have those to, who do we lean on? I mean, it obviously is still Jesus, but that gets old when it's so long in between when we feel those that healing power or that part that solves the problem. Oh, you mean like the story where Jesus let somebody's daughter die before he actually did anything? Yeah, that one too. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. He's got me. He's got me. He's got me on each one of these. It's almost like Ken planned these four stories. <laughs> it's almost like Well, that. it's almost like Mark did. Um you know, I think, uh, and I think that these stories are not just randomly placed. As I mentioned in a sermon, uh, ancient writers were not concerned about the order of things like we are today. Like, if I told you that I went out yesterday and and went out for a meal, and then uh, and then I told you I also went out at a different time, you would you would take me very like that's when you went out. Um, ancient writers were much more like Southern people. You know, yesterday I kind of went out and went and uh, went and did this. Well, that could have been any time in the last ten years. Um, I went out. You know, yesterday I went out and did that. I grew up in the South. That's the way we talk. We we went out yesterday, and that's kind of the same idea here. Is that it could have happened at any point, but Mark p- pulls these stories into a certain order because he's wanting to make a certain point. And I'm not saying they didn't happen in that order. I'm just saying that what was far more important to Mark was the point he was trying to make in the way that he told those stories and the, where he was going. And it's not, there's just no accident to it that you have a bunch of scared disciples in a boat in a storm. Jesus calms a storm. Only God can do that. It's no accident that God, that God casts a demon out, which would be a mental health disorder that 
that that Jesus takes care of. Then Jesus takes care of a, a physical ailment, physical disorder, and then he does the ultimate. He um, he takes care of bringing back a, a little girl who's died, brings them back to life. And, um, you know, because you listen to the podcast, you get extra. And I'm about to give you something extra. Ooh. And all of those stories, every single one of those people was scared. Every single one of them was afraid. The disciples were afraid. The woman was afraid. Jairus was afraid. Um, you know, they're all... Uh, I'm, the demon-possessed man, it's, it doesn't say that he was afraid, but everybody else around him was afraid, right? <laughs> and and I'm sure the disciples were afraid, and I'm sure that man was actually, I'm sure that demon-possessed man was pretty terrified to be out of control of himself. So you have a bunch of scared people, so I told you, you get the bonus. What I didn't say is there's actually one more story, in my opinion, that goes along with this, and it's, if it, you have to move into Mark chapter 6 to see this. Okay. The only people that aren't scared, Jesus shows up in his hometown, goes to the synagogue, and the only people who aren't scared are the people that, that he grew up with. They're like, who are you? Who do you think you are? Oh, and, yeah. and Jesus is actually not, it, it, the, by, Mark says he's not able to do very many miracles. So you know what's worse than being scared? To be comfortable. Ooh, ouch. To, to think that you're so comfortable with Jesus that, you know, whatever, Jesus, we know who you are. You're just, you know, you're just that carpenter's son. And the only people, that, like, in the in those five stories, the only people that, that aren't scared are the people that are comfortable in his hometown, and he can't do, and the Bible says he can't, this is a guy, he can do anything, right? But he it says he can't heal very many people because of their lack of faith. And it says Jesus was astounded at their lack of faith. I mean, Jesus just got done doing, he demonstrated he was God by quieting a storm. He demonstrated he was God by casting out a demon. He wow. demonstrated he was God by healing physical ailment. He demonstrated he was God by bringing somebody that was dead back to life. And these people are like, yeah, but we know who you are. And how many times do we as Christians, we've heard the stories and we say, well, yeah, I know who you are, but that's 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 over there. Who are you really? <laughs> I mean, and so that kind of goes to the question I think you're trying to get at. So what do you do when Jesus shows up in your life and you're you have needs but you're like I don't think that you're capable of dealing with my need and I'm not really afraid I'm just complacent I'm apathetic we we tell people all the time oh don't be afraid God doesn't want you to be afraid I don't know a little bit of holy fear maybe is a good thing maybe it reminds us of our need it makes us a little bit more desperate than the than the unholy apathy that so many times is a part of my life where I'm like well Jesus, I, I could use your help, but I could probably help myself. And I mean, I mean, you got you got a lot of other things to do. Just got a lot of me. other things yeah. to do. And are you even <laughs> caring about me? Or I don't know. And so I don't know. I just I think that um, when I look at that story, I think there's worse things than being afraid hmm. when Jesus is around you. It's. I mean, is this Laodicea talk? Because you know you're lukewarm. Because well, you kind of already know it. And yeah, I mean, if you don't really have the fire anymore, then. Yeah, you know, I can probably do it myself. Is that? I mean, is that what the danger of this is? Is that if we just feel like we know it and it's well, it didn't happen in when we wanted it to. That's the other part. I feel like so many times when maybe you mentioned they did go, like you know, Jesus was your first option. Like for the woman, this was who she was completely depending upon, and it still goes twelve years. Or for yeah. you know, put that into the fight of your life that you've been in, that you go. 
how come you don't take this away or how come you don't fix this or how come I don't understand what I'm supposed to do because yeah. I've come to you like I was supposed to. I did that first and I, I thought that was the, that's the part I guess we all have to come to come to terms with. And, you know, for me, I, I'm like, am I asking wrong? Am, am I asking maybe for the wrong thing? Maybe I, sh- maybe I shouldn't be asking for this. Maybe this should just be, <laughs> maybe well, this think, should be what it is. I think that's actually really close to the part, the point. I think you, you made it too in the very first story, which actually I'm, I wish you would have told the last story, even though we didn't have time. But that really falls in that whole piece of just miscalculating or human calculating Jesus, mm. where the disciples... They they really were just waking him up to get another set of hands, yeah. right? <laughs> right. They, they they had no idea what they were getting themselves into, and hearing Jesus, and that they were terrified, which I thought was an excellent piece. But now you bring in this fifth story, and they're miscalculating him too, just like Jairus did, mm-hmm. just like all these people who moved Jesus into what they thought was the place that they wanted him to yep. be or expected him to be. Mm-hmm. But it's all these miscalculations or how would we would say maybe our human understanding of what Jesus should do for me. But I really like I like that. In fact that yeah, you're just like one of us. You're we knew you grew up here. Yeah. Yeah. We that watched we watched you blow your nose like any good carpenter would and you're just like us. You're not above us. Yeah. But, but I think that's a human that's a human, human thing that I I don't, you know, I want you said it for a couple of weeks ago. I, I want to be part of the equation. Yeah. I want I don't want to be left out of this. That's how they, you know, we're all working here, Jesus. You work along with us. Yeah. yeah. Well, in each of these stories, it's had a little, a little bit different spin. And I, I, the thing I thought about with the, the demon possessed man is, is this just a Bible time thing that you know we have demon possessed people? Or today, does it just take a different form? I mean, is is it mental health these days that are maybe, you know, uh, demon-possessed, or is it drugs? Or Because you you read about in the Bible, Jesus casting out demons, and when's the last time you heard of a demon possession? Well, maybe at least, maybe maybe <laughs> just, maybe just not in America? I, I don't know. And, and on the other side of that, like, this guy's got the best testimony ever. And he's one of those people that's like, yeah, you know, there was only, what, five or six of those bad demons inside of me, and he cast them all out. And he can go and have this great story to tell, and it's almost a little bit, makes you a little bit jealous when you're just like, well, I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a <laughs> sinner over here. I mean, I guess I'm saved and stuff, and that's cool, but nobody cast demons out of me. You know, <laughs> I, it just, those were, I mean, that was, my mind was all over the place this week <laughs> when we were doing the sermon, but, but seriously, you don't hear of, you don't hear of demon possession anymore. And so maybe. I think it depends on where you live, Randy. Maybe. Yeah. Think so? Yeah, I, I know so. Yeah? Yeah, very much so. I mean, when we lived on Guam, um, it was a real thing. Wow. Yeah. It's when we, I mean, it, we live in a, in a country where we explain everything away through science and everything else like that. But in a lot of other parts of the, of the world where. Uh, I want to say they're a little bit more closely tuned to the spiritual side of their lives. Then I think that as Americans, we're very sometimes very separated from the spiritual side of our life, mm. and we're not in tune with it the same way that that people in other countries and and places are. And um, there, there's just 
I think before I went to Guam, I, I kind of scoffed at the idea of I thought you know it was some kind of primitive thing. But you, you get out there and you experience some of the stuff. You see some of the stuff, and, and you you'll become pretty convinced pretty quickly that there's a, another a whole other realm that's that's not visible. That is that is a spiritual realm that that a lot of us have tuned out in our life, and so we, you know, we don't see it, but. Uh, you know the devil has a lot of ways to 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 do what he does and and he does it different pla- in different ways in different places and just based on on the way that that works most effectively for his causes so anyway all that to say i um yeah i don't think it's a thing of the past i've 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 seen that sort of thing and no you don't you don't see here in the US you don't often see exorcisms or things like that. Um, but again, depending on other parts of the world that you live in, you absolutely do. Well, I think for Adventists, it's kind of like when, you know, anytime we have the discussion about, you know, conscientious objectors and, and military service, we talk about Desmond Doss. And anytime you talk about the spiritual realm and that kind of demon possession and things like that, you talk about the Roger Morneau story and, Maybe that brings it a little bit closer to home, but yeah, just it just seems like the actual exorcisms and things like you talked about that we don't see those here. But I would definitely say that you can see places where the devil's at work, maybe just not in that specific in that in that specificity of of demon possession where someone's casting them out. But I, I do. I also though want to be very cautious because I think I I did use the word mental health, and I want to be careful because just because you have a mental health no, right, condition yeah. does not mean you're demon possessed. So I want to be I want to go back and clarify that one a little bit carefully because I think we have to be a little bit careful about that. It's the same way that when you fall and break your arm, it wasn't because you necessarily did something that made God upset, or it wasn't because you did something that made God upset. There's so, but there's there are like I said, I I just have been around it. I've seen it. It's it's a real thing, and yeah. and yet it's not somewhere I I really like to spend a lot of time because I'd rather spend time talking about the good rather than than the bad. But um, but I, I think that. I think that when we just kind of laugh at it and just say, "Well, that's you know, it's just primitive type of thing," I think we we kind of miss miss sometimes who who's primitive and who's not. I think we have to be careful because we we do in a in a very scientific country. I mean, we do look at we value science a lot here. Sometimes to the you know. How do you explain prayer groups then? You know, how do you yeah. explain intercessory prayer? Because I think God's at work in a lot of these things. On the other side of that, though, you're right. There have been times where, you know, people have been mistreated, even sure. and and missed from the standpoint of a mental health condition that could have been actually uh, assisted and aided by either medication or some type of therapy too. Hmm. So you have to be. On, you know, I, it's it's important to understand those things. The last one you talked about was Jesus has power over sickness. And just where I was this week, that one hit like a rock, sitting next to a loved one's bed who, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you said Jesus didn't hustle as you were talking about the story of Jairus. And, and I thought, man, that, that hurts. He didn't hustle. But I'm sitting out west going, I wish he'd hustle a little bit faster. Yeah, I, I wish that whatever needs to happen, I don't understand it, but I wish 
pretty much everyone has been able to come and say goodbye. Um, your loved one is hurting. They're miserable. Their quality of life is horrible. It's, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have anything. You, you have no pride left. It's, it's all gone. And, you know, people are getting rid of your stuff, your, your, wow. you know, all that stuff that's going on. Right. And my thought was Jesus didn't hustle. And I'm like, we all have a different, depending on your situation, but you know, yeah, Jesus hustle now. When I got to, when I got to see her, she had a smile on her face and it was so good. It was so good to, to get a good uh, couple of hours over the course of different days where she was really there and we were talking and you see that, you see that person and it's, it's almost a little bit faded of who you remember, but it's still that same person. And you think, why, you know, why, why doesn't this just go over and Jesus has the power to do that. And I, but at the same time I left after hearing the message and I really appreciated that Ken was that Jesus does have that power. And when you get, I was worried I wasn't going to get there in time. And that would have been, I mean, for me, that would have been devastating. And so, you know, is the gift that he's holding, you know, yeah, maybe he didn't hustle because he was waiting for you to do those things. And I, I just, it made me feel like there's a, a perspective that we somehow have to tune into our relationship with Jesus and, and not be quick to judge about, man, why the suffering? Well, you got a chance to go see her. And that makes my heart happy, even though I'm sad that she'll be leaving us and that she's in pain and, you know, all these different things and that cancer is just not fair. So I, I just struck me that no matter what, maybe it's just our perspective that we need to tune into and, and check ourselves and make sure we're finding the blessings where they're supposed to be, or hopefully where we can find them. We did have one question from online this week. It was from Shar who asked, or who started with, thank you for the sermon, and then asked, what should we do when Jesus doesn't show up for us in the way that we had hoped? And that's a, that's a, it's a big question and I, I totally understand it. And there's so many applications, but is there a, is there a kind of a, yeah, kind of like a monkey wrench, you keep adjusting it to whatever the situation, whatever size bolt you might be going for that we need to do. Is there a one size fits all something we can do that would help if we're really feeling a little despair, a little. Well, that is, that is a, that is a rough question because I think our expectations of what we think we should, you know, be able mm. to have or should appreciate in this life. And, you know, it's, it, you know, you bring up with your, with your aunt and, and, and by the way, it's the same thing with Jairus, with his right, daughter. Yeah. It really felt you know, like it was the message yeah, it was, was like, Jesus, how week. come you're not hustling here? And, and, you know, what? And then, you know, of course, Jesus stops and you can almost see Jairus going, she oh, could have no. waited another day. She's been with this for 12 yeah. years, you yeah. know, and, you know, why, why now? And now my daughter, you know, she's, you know, gets the news and that's the whole thing. Why, why not keep moving? You know, exactly. she's healed. Just keep she's, going. I mean, yeah, she's keep fine. Going. Go just move. Move. And then yeah. come back and have a conversation later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that had to be frustrating because you're in the moment. I right. Mean, this is We like had the red lights going. They were all like on the way and. But I do think that here's the deal. I think, you know, Jairus's daughter did die later on. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she's still alive. Right. right? Yeah. Jairus's – maybe – I don't know. I'd, sometime at point, one point in time, Jairus's wife died. Jairus's di – Jairus died. Everybody died. Yeah. And 
We think that 70 plus years, and if we get more, then we're good. And, you know, when somebody dies and they're 98, you know, 100, they were going, yeah, that was, yeah, that was okay. Yeah. And so we don't expect Jesus or God to show up at the 98-year-old's, you know, bedside when they're ready to die. We're kind of going, well, this is their time. I think Jesus has a – and this is just a personal thing. I think Jesus has a much bigger idea of where he shows up, and that's in our hearts and our lives. Through And in these storms, like Ken talked about – these are the times when I believe Jesus shows up, but he doesn't show up like we expect like him it's, to. Yeah. It's exactly what this is. That's why when you say when we expect him to, yeah, sometimes he doesn't do what we expect him to do. Sometimes if we look at the bigger scheme of things, it's actually a whole lot more than we expected. And I know it doesn't always play out that way, <laughs> Yeah, but I think that if – you know, I, I really do. All things work out. I think that's a really important text. All, All things. things work out for the good to those who I love, love God. Mm. Mm. And and I think we need to understand that even though it doesn't always play out the way we think it should or we expect it to, yeah. and that's hard because I know people lose and go through grief, and and that's all part of this. But the trust that we can place in God is knowing that he's got our best interests at heart for the long haul. Mm. Yep. Hurricane Ian or no, Ken, what's the what's the thing you'd most like people to take out of this out of this message to hold on to, whether you're someone <laughs> who's listening who, you know, right now may have water in your house or or someone who's just, you know, dealing with a a, a loved one or a relationship yeah. or going to the that question that was asked is that um, when it doesn't feel like you can trust Jesus and you're afraid keep trusting him anyway. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Well, in the, the to to close it out, I wanted to read uh part of the end of Ken's message. He said, "Wherever you are in your journey with Jesus, stay on the journey after the storm. You may respond in fear, but allow Jesus to continue his good work in you. There is no storm Jesus cannot calm. No mental health issue he cannot heal, no sickness he cannot heal, no life he cannot restore." And I thought if there's maybe that last one, no life he cannot restore, that kind of covers mm-hmm. kind of kind of covers it all, no matter what your storm might be. And um I was just uh, Heather had uh, called me from Orlando. She was home with the girls while I was still in California and said, You definitely don't want to miss the message this week. Send it to your family. They will <laughs> love it because it really did feel like it was for us. Yeah. And and what we'd been going through for the week and you know, maybe that was the same way for, for those of you who were, you know, stuck without power or water or whatever your situation might have been with Ian. And so I hope this finds everybody as well as possible after the storm and whatever you happen to be going through. And I just wanted to say a special thank you. There's a couple of people that reached out through social media after last week's podcast and just wished me well and sent prayers and good thoughts and all that stuff. And so I really, really appreciated that. I shared that with my family as well. So that means this week we're back to great question and we're back to the Holy Spirit question yep. from that we were supposed to <laughs> we, get to this we week. We tried to dodge it, but uh, we we're, did. We're, we'll see what happens this week. Well, <laughs> what we really, that's somebody, somebody's like, boy, they really don't, don't want to talk, talk about, about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Man, they just uh, you prayed for a hurricane so they would get out. No, I, 
I'll tell you what, I didn't drop it. It's it's still stick sticking around. I was gonna so say we're gonna, if, if it doesn't happen this week, we're gonna really have yeah, some. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's not unfair, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was uh saying that there's more tropical depressions out there somewhere. So two more. One of them I heard was a thirty percent chance of forming and the other one was forty. Forty. I yeah. So but and the one track last night I was actually watching that they have a new all uh, right a, a fox all twenty four news on free over right. the air and i was watching their coverage and they were talking about north carolina getting the last of ian and with us this other one's like i know what you're thinking the path looks exactly like ian and it's like oh please no <laughs> please no Let, let's not do this i i don't want to no. be here i missed no. it i missed it but i don't want to be here for this at all yeah, yeah. so yeah we're going to be under god is found of the trinity father son and spirit that is coming up this weekend yeah. barring some unforeseen something i have a title for the sermon too like i started working it's called uncomfortable with the comforter oh that's good that's right comfortable randy's writing down with the comforter that way i have it for next week and you guys have got something to look forward to oh and for the person who asked what the noise was last week in the podcast that's my paper I'm not really set up in, in my office where we are actually doing the podcast. I used to just read it off the screen, and I've got things in the way, and things aren't organized as they need to be at. So right now, it's paper, just like in the good old radio days. So yeah. sorry for that. The golden EIB network uh, oh, microphone and all that good stuff. One of my first one of my first jobs, the boss had that on the radio all day. Whether you wanted to listen to Rush Limbaugh or not, that was what it was. And the golden EIB, I, otherwise I wouldn't know what that was. So oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but it was thanks, for, thanks for explaining it to everybody else. I, <laughs> I worked at a talk radio station for a while, and um, yeah, you get you get used to hearing those sounds. And it doesn't. Yeah, you know what's amazing though? Just what's that? just bonus for somebody out there. What's amazing is when you're listening to podcasts or you're listening to the radio, what you can't see that's really going on in the studio. <laughs> I had one guy that uh, one of our one of our broadcasters, who I won't mention his name out loud, had the incredible talent of being able to talk just like I'm talking right now while giving you the nastiest looks and just looking like he was ready just to come through the window <laughs> and strangle you. I remember he threw a whole sh- like a you know look like a ream of paper at the um, newscast window because we did something that didn't, didn't make him right. happy and <laughs> and so he's he's doing that and making gestures at us that I won't go into and doing that all talking just like With I'm talking right voice. now is incredible <laughs> that's a talent it was usually when was. you know if you just scowl you're like ooh my voice changed along with that yeah, no. he, he, was, he was incredible that way a true broadcaster. <laughs> a true broadcaster. Well, so the paper has been revealed, and maybe someday we'll go back to the other when everything is complete, but so far, so good. So that will bring up episode 332, so join us back here next week. And in the meantime, have a fantastic week.